Yes, if you've turned off the election campaign, look, we have the perfect antidote for you. Each week, two local editors will take you into their communities and into key seats across Australia on our Election Express. For instance, there's an astonishing contest emerging in Perth's affluent, established coastal suburbs, where the seat of Curtin has always been a banked victory for the Liberal Party. It was once Julie Bishop's seat and an independent challenger there has deep Liberal Party heritage. Now, your guide to this part of WA is Brett Christian, the managing editor of the Post Suburban Newspaper Group. It's a highly read and much loved local paper. Hello, Brett. Good morning, Jerry. And over on the other side of the country, we're heading to the tip of North Queensland, which is part of the seat of Leichhardt, held by long-serving MP Warren Ench, who had announced he was resigning from Parliament, but he's now recontesting. And Matt Nichols is the editor of the Cape York Weekly. It's the only newspaper that covers the entire peninsula, from Cooktown to Weeper, from Bamaga to Lakeland, and everywhere in between. He also covers stories in the Torres Straits. <laughs> it's a giant, it's a giant area. Hello, Matt. Matt? Good morning. Great to be with you. Now, I'm going to ask you both, as one of our texters, um, are you independent or are you owned by a bigger group? First to you, Matt. Uh, definitely independent. I'm the owner and operator. Okay. And for you, Brett? Uh, yes, I'm owner-driver. You have been all, all through, I know. All right. 40-something years. 40-something yeah. years. Righto. Uh, now, Matt, this is a huge patch you cover. It's part of a marginal seat held by the Nationals' Warren Ench. Uh, the margin is 4.2%. I thought he was going to retire. What happened? Well, <clears throat> he would say that uh, COVID happened and, and, and his stance is that you know, um, I've done all this work during COVID, you know, Kansas sort of been rocked by COVID because of, you know, borders being closed and things like that. You said, I can't walk away now. And, um, you know, I'm a bit more sceptical about that. I think you know, he was begged by the party to, to continue on. Um, you know, we'll get into a bit more later, but, you know, this is sort of a joke around Leichhardt that it's a Labor seat held by Warren Ench. Um, <laughs> I you know, see. He's a popular sort of figure, but he's a Liberal Party person. So I think the Liberal Party is quite, scared that if if they get another candidate, they won't hold on to it. Uh, yes, because he, I remember he was quite strong, for instance, in the same-sex marriage debate, wasn't he? He's, he's an interesting character. You can't easily slot him. No, he's not. He's, he's progressive in many ways. Um, you know, he's obviously his views on same-sex marriage and um, you could say climate change a little bit as well. Um, and in other ways, he's highly conservative. So it is, um, yeah, he's a bit of an enigma, our Warren. Mm. And so that's... Um, and he, so he's he's LNP, he's, na he's Liberal National Party, isn't he, in Queensland? He's Liberal. Sort of. yeah, 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 but he's a, yeah, some people but he is a nat, call is themselves he? Nats. No, no, he's a Liberal. He's well, okay. yeah, he calls himself a Liberal, not a Nat. That's what I thought. Okay. So what are the big issues that people like to talk about in the stories you cover? What, what in, in your judgment, and maybe it's terribly fluid, in fact, another text, we've got a very active text line today saying, don't just speak about the two parties, ABC. It's much more complex than these days, which I think is probably a fair comment. Oh, it's a fair comment, but it's, in reality, it's not. In Leichhardt, it, it'll be won by Labor or, or the LNP. That's, you know, um, you know, you could, I'm not trying to say that other candidates are not worthy of having their voices heard, but um, it will be won by the Labor or uh, the LNP. And, um, you know, as a newspaper, we do try and give a voice to those other um, candidates, but so you yeah, haven't you sure haven't about... got independents up there seriously who matter? Yeah, well, well, no, absolutely. I mean, you've got the Catters Party, you've got um, obviously you've got Pauline Hanson's One Nation, you've got the Greens, 
um, they will get none of the vote in terms of that will matter when it comes to two-party preferred, and, and that's what it will come down to. No, neither candidate will get 50% or more. I heard a very interesting discussion with Larissa Barrent on Speaking Out um, on, on Radio National about the uh, Aboriginal, uh, quite a f- few Aboriginal people have joined the Greens, very interested in Green voting. And in fact, the Catter Party, I think, has picked, am I right, a couple of Indigenous uh, candidates? Yeah, well, the candidate in Leichhardt is the name of uh, Rod Jensen. He's a former North Queensland Cowboys rugby league player and he was uh, involved in rugby league administration in, in Cairns. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely an Indigenous man and, um, you know, well-known throughout the, the region. And, um, you yeah, know, I think it's – I can't speak about Curtin, but definitely uh, Leichhardt is such a diverse electorate. I mean, you spoke about at the top. Cairns is where the votes are. That's where the votes are. Um, but the region spreads so far all the way up to the peninsula and then into the Torres Strait. Um, it might not be the biggest in terms of square metres, but it's certainly the most diverse in Australia. Right. And again, the, the issues. So, so what would you what would you identify as the key things governing people's votes? Uh, housing is 100% number one uh, issue in the Cape and in Cairns, and, and they're different issues. I mean, Cairns has got an issue where there's not enough housing uh, for, you know, renters and things like that, and then the costs are going up. And in Cape York and in the Torres Strait, we have uh, social housing, public housing uh, in the Aboriginal communities, um, and, you know, there's been a really, uh, you know, the last three years has almost been no new houses built, and we've got, you know, massive overcrowding in some of these communities. Um, and do they, is there a sort of blame culture there? Like, I mean, are they, are they active? Are they engaged or are they withdrawn? Well, no one seems to know the answer. I mean, clearly Labor is, you know, taking a lot of shots at the LNP over this and, and some of them are, are probably, um, you know, credible. Um, you know, definitely Warren Ench uh, has picked a fight with uh, some federal money with housing and things like that with the state government in Indigenous communities. And there's been a bit of, uh, uh, what's the right word for it? There's been a bit of to and fro and, you know, jostling for, for you know, the upper hand, and um, which is no one's been the winner. You know, people on the ground have not been a winner. Um, but really, like the rest of Australia in, the, in these regions, you know, I've just read a story about a you know, lady in Sydney. You, know, you, you go to a rental application, there's 150 people there looking to inspect. So it's quite competitive out there and, and no one seems to have the answer for that. And, um, as you know, you just can't build new houses and, and have them ready instantly. So people are really d- pretty desperate about this housing issue, are they? They're sort of sharing homes and couch surfing. Or all, that's all underway, is it? Yeah, but also we found with the pandemic, you know, people can work from home. So some of these people, uh, some people who have had regional properties in Cairns or Cooktown, for example, are now moving back to those places. And, and the people who are living them, renting them out, have been displaced and don't have anywhere else to go. So, you know, we've written a number of stories about families of, you know, that have been unfortunately kicked out of their place through no fault of their own. They were good tenants, but uh, just, you know, the, the owner wanted to move back in or for whatever reason, and um, they're left homeless. And so are the candidates talking about this? They're talking about it, but, you know, in my opinion, no one's come up with a credible solution um, this thus far. Mm. And um, I wonder also about how much you suffered during the pandemic. I, I just couldn't believe how much Far North Queensland suffered during the pandemic and, you know, nobody coming in for the tourism. Um, and it, I don't know, nobody seemed to, to care particularly. It staggered, staggered me. Now, you haven't mentioned that, so maybe it's not as important yeah. as I think. Well, well, I think for care, I think people... <laughs> 
you know, people got over COVID as in they want they stopped talking about it, you know, they just had to get on with their lives. And I think that was the attitude that Far North Queensland took was, you know, we know this virus is here, we know international borders are closed, you know, things are opening up now, but it's been a slow rebuild. But you know, businesses pivoted, they changed, they they you know, they got better at getting domestic markets. Um, some didn't survive, um, some thrived. You know, I think Cairns in particular and Port Douglas will be uh, actually beneficial from COVID. I think the long-term uh, benefits from COVID will um, be apparent in maybe a decade's time, um, just because they've had to alter their business strategies and, and also create new industry. I mean, Cairns and, and Port Douglas, et cetera, has been so reliant on tourism that it's had almost no other industry. And, and now we're seeing all these other things pop up, which is you know, really positive for the far north. That's very interesting. I hadn't heard that before. Uh, now, I'll come back to you, but talking about key seats, um, Brett Christian, your paper, The Post, this week has a remarkable letter, which I've got in front of me, from Fred Cheney, a former Deputy Liberal Party leader from the Fraser era, explaining why he'll vote for his niece, Kate Cheney, as an independent, but he says it's not about her being his niece. Um, tell us about this incredible contest that's underway in your area and describe the electorate, if you could, please. Please. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, Curtin is probably about as far as you could get from Leichhardt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the, the electorate between Perth and the Indian Ocean. Um, I guess the Sydney equivalent would be uh, the, you know, the eastern beaches, yes. suburbs. And, you know, and Koo Yong, as I said yesterday, to Patricia Carvellis. It's, it's very similar, isn't it, to the fight in, underway with uh, Frydenberg seat? Yes, and of course, election time here is always ho hum because the Liberal always wins. Um, and this time there's a contest, and people are calling it a marginal seat. Um, <laughs> I can't so... believe that as a Perth person. I just simply <laughs> cannot believe I'm hearing that. So, what's happened is that the um, Kate Cheney, who's the niece of uh, Fred Cheney, who wrote to, to us this week saying why the Liberal Party needed a a shake-up and a makeover, um, and and the best way to do it was to vote independent, um, is that she's got a lot of traction and she's got clearly got the Liberal Party worried um, that she's had high-profile visits, not markedly from Scott Morrison, but from Josh Frydenberg, who who announced at her uh, campaign launch that if, if the Liberals lose Curtin, they lose the election. Well, what was interesting in the um, uh, letter from Fred Cheney, uh, which was published, is that he's quite specific. Electing centrist independents would deliver the message to his own party, he says, that politics as usual is no longer acceptable. Uh, and he goes on on a whole lot of the, the game of politics. It's a, very, it's a very arresting letter. The game of politics has overtaken the primary task of providing good, acceptable government. My concerns today are about the whole system of government. They are about Australian democracy, not specific sort of um, uh, subjects, areas you know, specific uh, campaigns. So uh, is it the fact that she is perceived to be of Liberal Party heritage that is, you think is taking this, that is so frightening for the Liberals? I think that's part of it. Um, and it, it certainly is, has caught their attention. But also she's a, you know, capable, sensible um, centrist. And, and I think... Another you know, person not as well connected 
would could have struck the same note, and it seems to have certainly you know, gained a lot of attention. She's gained an enormous number of volunteers. She's set up, it's up to seven hundred and fifty volunteers. People who would normally run a mile from party politics have joined her campaign because they're just tired of you know, business as usual. And what are they wearing? The the t-shirts and all the rest that's happening all around Australia in various places where the the teal independents are standing. Many are, but um, she, uh, Kate Cheney says, you know, they really only rely on the 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 rest of the group and the and the homes of court money, I guess, but, but for advice, technical advice on making sure they get their forms filled in correctly and that sort of thing. So they they they're running a, a quite independent campaign. Mm. Um, yeah, so they it's it it seems to be. What they seem to have captured is a, a sort of a craving for a long view of politics, for, for looking 20 years ahead, not 20 minutes ahead to the, the evening news. Uh, Curtin is held by the sitting Liberal member, Celia Hammond, by a margin of 13.9%. That's why I laughed when you said <laughs> a marginal electorate. What are you seeing on the ground, though? I mean, how you know your community terribly well, Brett. How much support do you think is shifting? There are people who openly say, well, I'm going to vote for the independent, but you, you can't get too far ahead of yourself because that is a massive margin. Sure is. And and if you look at the at the booths at the last election, 2019, um, Labor didn't win one of them and and they got absolutely smashed, you know. They got 20% of the vote in, in many of them. So it, it is an Everest for... for the independent decline. You can make no mistake about that. Can you see but a change, though? I, you can feel a change. I, I bumped into a, a, an older woman at the beach the other day and she 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 just blew it out. She said, I'm going to vote for Kate Cheney. She always voted Liberal. And I asked her why and she said, well, it's trust. I just don't trust Morrison. Now, I think you were at a coffee shop the other day too, didn't you, and you saw a rather surprising little uh, spectacle? I did. That was uh, a coffee shop up the road from our office in Shenton Park and Kate Cheney was there um, trying to, to get a pot of tea drunk and she was mobbed in a polite sort of coffee shop way <laughs> by by people who just kept coming up to her and congratulating her and wishing her well and saying they admired her and um, it was extraordinary. Good Cottesloe and Claremont that. matrons. Yeah, I haven't seen that since Bob Hawke visited the electorate in the 80s. You know, he, he was mobbed, but generally people are a bit standoffish to politicians, but she she was uh, very engaged by them. And, and look, let's say she comes close to winning the seat on primary votes. Um, you, you, you're certainly not <laughs> expecting to get over 50%, are you? I mean, I'm, I'm wondering what the situation is with preference deals with other candidates. Well, if you go on the polls, she's um, Kate Cheney's not allocating preferences at all. She's just her how to vote card has got her as one, and make sure you fill in all the other spaces. Um, but if you go on the statewide polls, that both the Liberal and Labor primary votes are well under forty, um, and if that happens in Curtin. It's not going to be. It's not going to be under forty in Curtin. But if if she manages to drag the the Liberal primary vote down to the low forties, uh, and gets all the the Labor and Greens preferences, which generally happen, um, she could just sneak in. 
Um, look, you're both in states where there's been a big swing to state labour. Matt, what historically happens in Leichhardt when there has been this kind of swing to state labour? Is there a is there any sense that people will vote one way in the feds and one way in the state? Well, like I said at the top, it's a, people think it's a Labor seat held by um, Warren Ench. So, um, you know, if you look at all the state seats in Leichhardt, I think there's maybe four, three or four. Uh, they're all held by Labor state MPs. So, um, historically, Cape York's been a Labor seat um, in terms of the state uh, government, and and most uh, Cape York residents will vote Labor um, at this. Uh, election. Um, a lot of the Indigenous uh, communities and, and whatnot vote Labor. Um, but I, I would say that it's hard to tell because Warren Inch has virtually held Leichhardt since the Howard government. Mm. Um, and so he did step down for one year. He resigned in terms of to uh, spend more time with his son. Uh, when he stood down, uh, Labor uh, won the seat. Um, and then three years later, he returned and won it back. So uh, like I said, Warren Inch is sort of a uh, he's the man in terms of for the LNP. He's he's the one that gets them elected, and I think there's a real concern that if he doesn't run, that whoever doesn't matter who the candidate is, that Labor will win that seat. And um, you know, it's still a marginal seat this time around. There's every chance that um, you know it only needs a, a three or four percent swing, and and Labor could reclaim it. Now, if that happens, I, I would be I wouldn't be game to predict at this stage. No. And what about you, Brett? What would you say given the sort of you know godlike status of Mark McCowan, who has been anyway? Well, another another point or two that is very interesting is that the two rusted on liberal seats in in the within the state seats within the electorate went to Labor. They in the last state election last year, just a year ago, and these were seats of Netherlands and Churchlands, which have mm. are always liberal. Um, so somehow, people who thousands of people, in fact, had always voted liberal, somehow made the mental leap. To change their vote to Labor, so if that if that habit is now broken of always voting Liberal, who, who knows where that might go uh, in three three weeks' time? Um, certainly, Western Australia does vote differently federally to state, um, but the other problem with the Liberals have got is that they they don't have the people on the ground no, anymore because no. they don't have the, the offices. Can, and, can and I just go on? Sorry, I guess the letterbox stuffing by the Liberals is another indication, and that is the they're putting out a lot of um, I guess hate mail against independents, but not mentioning their own candidate or the prime minister. Very quickly to you both: Is Clive Palmer's election uh, uh, extraordinary publicity spend making a difference? Matt, to you first. Absolutely none. Oh, absolutely none. Not making one little bit of difference. Okay, but it's there, yeah. but it's not making a difference. Uh, I wouldn't even say it's compared to the last election. It has. It's you know clearly he's advertised in Leichhardt, uh, not with my paper, but with the uh, the News Corp paper in Cairns. And but yeah, definitely, uh, I, I would say his candidate has zero profiles in Leichhardt. Okay, and Brett, not a dent. No, oh. nothing. Very interesting. I'm going to ask that each week. All right. Look, that was very good to kick us off. <laughs> very interesting uh, overviews. Matt Nichols from the Cape York Weekly, Brett Christian, the Managing Director of the Post Suburban Newspaper Groups. And you can find links to their independent papers on our website. They're free to read. No paywalls. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. <laughs>